Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus on the outlook for further aid out of Washington for small business owners in consideration of the soon-to-be composition of government, along with a look at the fiscal relief currently available and who is eligible. I am excited to be joined today by James Jack, head of the Small Business Owners Client Segment here at UBS within the Client Strategy Office. So James, it's great to be with you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year, by the way, and very much looking forward to our conversation. Thank you, Dan. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to those listening. Absolutely. So, James, in light of the soon-to-be composition of government, I'm curious as to what the prospects are for further fiscal relief out of Washington, in particular the kind of relief that's targeted to small business owners, maybe in terms of what the scale might consist of and how soon before it arrives. It's a bit tough to say, Dan, but I think the events of this week uh, with everything that went on in Washington and the and the elections in Georgia, I, I think, do provide at least some direction. Um, starting with kind of stimulus as is, the the, per, the, the bill that passed uh, in December, the Economic Aid Act, uh, which they're calling it, uh, has a lot for business owners already. So we'll talk more about that in a bit, but I think uh, I don't think the need for small business owners is as glaring as it was just a few weeks ago. There are still things that need to be done, uh, but um, it's not, you know, not as urgent given this this bill. But I expect that Congress will focus on uh, additional stimulus funds. Um, there, you, we've heard about the two thousand dollar payments. Uh, that would certainly help small business owners, as people might go and spend that money. Um, but I think the specific things for business owners will probably have to wait a little bit to see how how things progress in terms of the, the pandemic and, and, and this bill. Um, but overall, in the bill that just passed, there's a lot to be happy about. Uh, there's funding for both new and second draw PPP loans. Uh, there's improvements to the program that should simplify things for about 80 to 90 percent of borrowers as it relates to forgiveness. Um, and there's some really nice wins as it relates to taxes for business owners in that as well. So um, it also offered uh, about $15 billion for live venue operators um, as well. So those are the, the wins. I think the biggest area of question on the business owner side is restaurant lobbying groups were looking for their own unique program uh, but didn't get that. They, they did get a carve-out. Uh, for PPP loans that they get an additional month of payroll uh, expenses included in their amount, but uh, not anything like the uh, Save Our Stages or, or grants for shuttered venue operators. Well, that was very helpful to get things started, James, and it sounds like that there's much more relief we can hopefully expect to come down the pike in the future to look forward to. Though, in your capacity, James, as head of the small business owner client segment for UBS, I'm sure you've had many conversations with small business owners in recent times. I'm curious as to what you've been hearing, James. What are small business owners most in need of right now? I'd say business owners are just like everyone here. I think what we're most in need of is getting through this pandemic. That you know, that might overstate the obvious, but um, it's important because the, the the fits and starts of reopening the economy, uh, the delays in, in getting people vaccinated that we're trying to work through, um, those are what's what's causing some issues for business owners. And, and and business owners don't want handouts; they just want to operate again. I think at least the conversations I've been having. 
um, and they want to know what the rules of the game are. And, and, and in 2020, the rules kept changing a lot. Um, certainly, you know, it was all everyone's best intentions, but it just, it, it, it caused some issues. So I think as we get into 2021, we want to focus on getting people vaccinated and getting us out of this pandemic and in, in hopefully by the spring and, and summer, uh, and then having kind of set rules uh, that people know uh, how to operate. And those are probably the, the biggest things uh, I can think of. And then the next things, of course, is, is taking advantage of, of the, the things that were addressed in this bill. It, it was a shame that it took so long to get here. Uh, much of what was in the, the PPP rules and uh, that they had discussed were in the, in the proposals back in last summer. Um, but we are here now, and I think it's the right time with the winter. And so uh, I think people are focusing on getting their first PPP loan if they didn't get one last year, uh, and then getting their second one uh, for and taking advantage of that, which those applications should should begin uh, in the next few days. It's the eighth. It should it should open up next week, uh, at least for smaller banks and then bigger banks uh, shortly thereafter. That's a perfect segue, James. Perhaps we can spend a few moments now just uh, touching on the scope of that most recent relief package in terms of how it assists small business owners. And to your point, who is eligible for the aid? What can you share with us there? If you didn't get a PPP loan last time, because just for you just didn't go and ask for it or, or thought, you know, you weren't really sure with all the rules, I'd say you should definitely reconsider because now the rules are much more clear and, and I think they've made it a lot easier for people. Um, and the eligibility for that loan is effectively you were in operation before February 15th, 2020. So effectively, if you didn't open up after February 15th, you're, you're probably eligible um, whether that's if it's you're an independent contractor or a small business uh, or a sole proprietor, there's uh, even a bunch of nonprofits. They've expanded the nonprofit uh, population that's eligible. Um, you can get that. So that's kind of part one. Uh, and then part two is um, if you want to get a second PPP loan, there are some very specific rules for that. And um, and the reason for that is because they want to make sure the businesses that are most in need get these loans. A lot of businesses did really well last year, believe it or not, and they don't want to be helping the businesses that were doing great. So it's, it's meant for smaller businesses and businesses with revenue uh, uh, hits. So um, the first eligibility requirement is you had 300 or fewer uh, employees uh, uh, for PPP2. PPP1, it's 500 or fewer. So there's, it's a little bit smaller for the second one. And you had a 25% reduction in gross receipts uh, in any one quarter in 2020, uh, year over year. So effectively, what you're going to do is you're going to look at your income uh, in any one quarter uh, in 2020. So maybe uh, in Q2 is probably the most likely. So um, April through June 2020, you're going to calculate your receipts. And then you're going to calculate the receipts in uh, April through June 2019. If, if, as long as it's uh, 25% or more of a reduction, you're eligible. Now, I use Q2 as an example. It's any quarter in 2020. So Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. Uh, if you can show a 25% or more reduction and you have fewer than 300 employees, you are eligible for a second draw PPP loan. 
Now, James, of course, nothing is perfect, and there might be some items that maybe were missed in this most recent relief package that small business owners can look forward to receiving perhaps down the pike. But based on what we have before us today, James, how do you believe that this most recent relief package will ultimately benefit small business owners? I think it does a really good job. So, uh, you know, in terms of getting that loan, so for PPP1, it's two and a half months of payroll is what your loan size is. In PPP2, it's the same. It's another two and a half months of your average monthly payroll is what your loan amount is. So for most business owners, if you get it in January, that will effectively get you through the winter and get you into spring when hopefully some of these lockdowns are uh, are coming away. For restaurants, even though I mentioned they didn't get their own um, unique program, they did get an additional month uh, if in their PPP loan. So on a second loan, Instead of multiplying the average payroll by two and a half, you get to multiply it by three and a half. So that's one more month uh, of forgivable expenses. Um, so that's going to be, I think, a big help. And the other things that help business owners in this program, I, I alluded to it in the, earlier on, is um, it's much more easier. It's much easier, rather, to get uh, to get your loans forgiven. So. Um, one of the things that they, they did a, a few months ago is they said if your loan is $50,000 or less, you know, your forgiveness application is just kind of a one page. Uh, and many of the requirements about maintaining payroll and stuff like that, you know, you're exempt from. In this new bill, they said, you know, they want that same kind of treatment for loans 150000 and below. And we have to wait a few more weeks probably for the final rules on that. But in essence, if it's 150000 or below, that's like 80 to 90% of the borrowers of PPP. So, um, so that effectively means that most of these loans will be forgiven, and that's money that was spent for keeping people employed, paying yourself if you're an owner-employee. There's some rules and limits to what you can pay yourself, of course. Um, paying your rent, paying your utilities, but in – the other changes that they added to this is they expanded how what you can spend the money on. So it used to be payroll was 60%, and then the other 40% was limited to rent or lease, uh, utility payments, or mortgage interest. They've added to that 40% bucket operational expenses, supplier expenses. Um, maybe you had damage to your, your work, uh, your, your place of business due to the, the riots in 2020. So you can cover some of those costs. Uh, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one of the biggest ones that they added is they added um, you can pay for PPE, personal protection equipment, um, face masks. You can pay for uh, changes that you made to your business to comply with health uh, uh, requirements, like maybe you put in a new air filtration system or a takeout window or you set up curbside pickup or you built an outdoor dining for your restaurant. All of those things to comply with uh, COVID health restrictions, which were fairly costly, can now be included in your PPP costs, which that's really helpful, I think. So um, it shows that I think that they were thoughtful about trying to make it easier uh, and trying to, you know, recognize how things have changed. Because the CARES Act was written in March. You know, we know so much more since that was done. And so we had to update the law to, to recognize how, how things have changed. 
to your point, we have come a very long way since March, and it does sound like, as you outlined for us, James, that this most recent relief package does possess a lot of benefits for small business owners. Hopefully, it gets them through these next few months to a period where more and more Americans are vaccinated, and we get back to a sense of normalcy, and we can begin opening back up on a larger scale. Maybe as a closing point, and I know I've pointed this out, but James, you do lead the small business owners client segment here at UBS. Can you spend a few moments, James, just sharing with our listeners the offering of resources and how our small business owner clients can learn more? Absolutely. So we have a website. uh, It's uh, UBS.com forward slash business dash resilience that has all of our material and content about um, COVID re- relief and resources, mostly focused on PPP. Um, we have a full um, article and slide that really dives into these new changes. And we actually just recorded a webinar that was posted uh, today. We, if it's about 30 minutes, dives into the details about the, the new program, what's changed, as well as some of the other changes like the, the grants for shuttered venue operators, uh, as well as some of the tax changes. It's, uh, the, the webinars with me and a colleague of mine from our advanced planning group. Um, and so we really dive into it. So I would recommend watching that video. But most importantly, speak with your UBS financial advisor. They have access to all of these resources um, and can certainly you know, get to me as well for um, situations. And, and we're just continuing to monitor whether it's PVP or the things to come, this forgiveness I mentioned, how that might change the the grants for shuttered venue operators, and you know whatever else might come down the pipe. But uh, continue to just check out um, UBS.com forward slash business dash resilience or speak with your uh, UBS financial advisor. James, Jack, thank you very much for your time and insight today. And to your point, this all does remain very fluid. Uh, This conversation will indeed continue. So very much looking forward to having you back on with us to update our listeners as new developments emerge. But it was a pleasure speaking with you on the podcast today, James. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan, for having me. Be well. And again, today we have been joined by James Jack, head of the Small Business Owners Client Segment here at the UBS Client Strategy Office. As a reminder to our listeners and clients, please be sure to visit UBS.com forward slash business dash resilience for UBS clients. Also reach out to your financial advisor if you would like to learn more or receive any resources that James shared with us. Thank you for joining us on UBS On Air Conversations. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at ubs.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.